You're listening to Advancing Our Church. People stay away from the church because they think they won't be welcome. People stay away from the church because they assume they'll be judged. People stay away from the church because their impression is it's for insiders. Everything's great about Nativity. Right? Yeah. It's a wonderful church. Um, it's so laid back in a way. So I was like, I just want to thank you for developing all of us as leaders. We were in a leadership meeting. Is that something I didn't think I would find at church? <laughs> you know? Hello and welcome to the first podcast of Advancing Our Church. My name is Jim Friend and I am so pleased that you have joined me for this first episode. So what's this all about? This podcast is about people and organizations who are making a difference in the world today through their talent, expertise, and missionary spirit. It is the result of my 25 years of service in the Catholic Church and being witness to people just like many of you who have an entrepreneurial mindset about the common and sometimes uncommon challenges that can prevent us from advancing the mission of our church, which is the mission of Jesus Christ in the world today. We are a Catholic stewardship and advancement podcast because we're going to focus on those elements that include, but are not limited to, Catholic stewardship, marketing, development, leadership, governance, business practices, and enrollment at parishes, schools, dioceses, and a variety of Catholic nonprofits. I welcome your feedback on this show. You can find out more about us at advancingourchurch.com where you can leave me a voicemail. You can follow us on Twitter at Advanced Podcasts or join our Facebook page. Please also subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Now, let's get to work. Many of you are probably familiar with the book Rebuilt, written by Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran from Church of the Nativity in Timonium, Maryland. If you haven't read the book, it's an interesting journey, examining their experiences of transforming their community of churchgoers into parishioners that are focused on growing disciples. The parish focuses on what they call the weekend experience, which means the experience that people have when they come to Mass, from the person who directs your car to an open parking spot to the person who opens the door and greets you as you enter the building. That's amazing, right, for a Catholic church, but it doesn't end there. The parish has a very modern-looking cafe where people gather and hang out before and after Mass. They can buy food let the kids run around and just be themselves. It's a very welcoming community. Every consideration is given to maximizing a person's experience, from iPad kiosks in the gathering area that help you get more engaged through your time, talent, and resources, to the very special focus they have every weekend on delivering the key messages at the homily. A great deal of time and thought and preparation go into the message of the homily, not just with the celebrant, but in concert with the laity. And it is woven into all of their messages before, after, and during the liturgy. I will say that when you attend Mass and Nativity, there's a real sense of the theatrical. There are video screens up on the wall which allow parishioners to look up and sing the very contemporary songs that are sung at Mass. Father White uses still images and videos during the liturgy and during his homily on the screen to underscore his key points in the message. Every detail is so well thought out and planned out and executed. I recently had the opportunity to visit Church of the Nativity during Ministry Weekend, which is the parish's weekend to recruit new volunteers. 
It was no surprise that Father White's homily tied neatly into the theme for the weekend, but what's so ironic is that there was no better way to kick off this episode than to play you an excerpt from his homily. Here's Father White. People stay away from the church because they assume they'll be judged. People stay away from the church because their impression is it's for insiders. People stay away from the church because parking is a pain. People stay away from the church because they're tired of fighting with their teenagers about attending a service that's boring and bad. People stay away from the church because they have noisy little little kids. And the only thing noisy little kids get at church are dirty looks. Little things are big things. But that works the other way too. Little acts of hospitality and service and kindness can change those impressions and remove those obstacles. A parking minister's wordless welcome, a greeter's enthusiastic smile, a host team member's help with direction, the friendly service of a cafe minister. Our student ministers, by their very presence, are helping to shape environments that teens want to be a part of. Our kids' ministers communicate that we care about kids so much, we want them to learn to love church and not just endure it. Our kids' ministers also communicate that we care about parents so much, we want them to learn to love church and not just endure it. All these ministries work together, helping people relax and become comfortable enough in church that they actually hear and receive the Word of God. We're aiming at creating what we like to call an irresistible environment. That is exactly what they are creating at Nativity. It's an irresistible environment. And when you talk with his parishioners, that environment is infectious. Before Mass, I couldn't help but notice this very welcoming duo who are opening doors and playing the role of greeters. Their names are Tony and Beth, and I approached them, and after I explained why I was there, here's what they had to say. What is your name, first Hi. name? My name's Tony. Tony, and, and this is your first Sunday being a greeter? Uh, besides Christmas Eve Mass, yes. Okay, how'd you get involved? Uh, well, they were looking for volunteers, and my wife Mar and I couldn't make it today. We wanted to volunteer and be greeters. Okay, fantastic. What's great about Nativity? Oh, wow. Where do, is yeah, this where your do, wife? No, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. A friend. It's a friend. Sorry. It's your partner <laughs> it's in this. We're just, just okay. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> Everything's great about Nativity. I mean, yeah. It's just a wonderful church. Um, it's so laid back in a way, yeah. so modern in other ways, and just uh, very people friendly. And uh, I think it's a great way to bring people closer to the Lord. Absolutely. And how long have you been a prisoner here? Uh, oh gosh, Mar and I have been parishioners probably since around 2005 or so. Okay, so you've seen a lot of changes. We've seen a lot of change, yes. Yeah, yeah. what's the best, what, what are some of the changes you've seen that have really made a huge impact? Uh, well, gosh, uh, I think uh, personally, I think Father White himself has probably been the biggest impact on his yeah. homilies and, um, you know, as a starter. And then everything else uh, from that has just, just been wonderful. Fantastic. How long have you been involved? What's your name uh, first? My name is Beth Kiesel, mm -hmm. and I've been a prisoner for about three years. Okay. And I've been helping for about a little over a year. Okay. And what are you involved in any other ministries? Uh, yeah, I do. I do greeting. I also do online chat host. Hello. <laughs> Miss, I'm neglecting yeah, I'm sorry my you're job. neglecting your greeting <laughs> job. Sorry. Hey, guys. Hello. 
Welcome. Hi. And I do, I lead a small group. What's it like being an online chat host? That's kind of Oh, that's cool. a lot of fun. Yeah. I love that job. That's yeah. my favorite job. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do as an online chat host? Well, we try to be just like we are here, welcoming all the people that are um, from either out of town or they might be sick and not able to get to Mass today. Um, but we try to create that same irresistible environment to keep them there. Um, we answer any questions they might have or redirect them to where they might need to be. Um, we just kind of make them feel welcome and at home because we know they're might be lacking. Hello, Hi. missing community. You know, being all by themselves or whatever. So just that kind of being that little presence to make them feel like they're their own little church community. Right. The people who are visiting online. To be so. a, a greeter online. Yeah. Kind of like a greeter and a host. Yes. Yeah, and a host. Yeah. And we supply different prayers. Um, if they need prayer, we direct them to that. There's all kinds of resources for them there too. That's yeah. great. What were the other ministries you're involved with? Um, I lead a small group. Okay. For so adults, teens. Mine or? is adult women. Okay. We have small groups for all different. We have men, women, we have mixed adults, we have couples, we have, um, hello, hi, um, and we have like young adults have their own group of people, so yeah, mine's a women's group, and we meet once a week um, in various members' homes and talk about, and the way Nativity does small groups is it's focused around the message of the week, so what we hear Father Mike preaching about we then take that into our homes and try to apply it more to our personal lives yeah. and I got when I came the first week it was the first week of the vision campaign three years ago when they were announced that they were going to be building that church okay. and they wanted money and all I could think was I really want to join this church but they're going to be begging me for money the whole time because I'm a convert so when I first came here I felt really like this is what I've been missing in the Catholic Church it's that perfect blend I think of bringing, like you were saying, bringing the modern into the ancient. I love that because I love the sacraments and the ancient liturgy, but I really miss the types of music and just the happy liveliness in the Protestant church. Yeah, I think that's really missing in the Catholic, in many Catholic parishes. Yeah. So I loved it right away. You get the best of both worlds I do. Here. That's you what really I tell do. everybody. Yeah, it's a phenomenal place. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. I hope yeah. you can visit more often or bring it up there. We will. We'll try to bring it up there. And so next when we visit Pennsylvania, we got some place to go that Absolutely. feels like home. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine on the way down here, and he said, oh, have you ever read that book, Rebuilt? I said, Fred, you're not going to believe where I'm going right now. So, awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's really a great place. Around. So this will be my first time coming to Mass here. Enjoy Mass. You're going to love it. You'll love it. It was really nice to meet you both. Take care. God bless. While I was at Nativity, I sat down with Father White and his Director of Finances, Brandon Hollern. I apologize for this, but you'll notice a little background noise in the room. Hey, I'm new at this, and I'm learning. Here's the first part of my conversation with Father White and Brandon. Tell me a little bit about, uh, in, in your book and in some of your videos, you talk about that moment when you start asking the question, why? Why are we doing this? Why, you know, what, what, what was that aha moment for you to realize that you needed to do things differently, you know, as a parish and as a pastor, look at things differently? There were several of them that I can remember pretty distinctly standing out as aha moments that uh, this was not working. And they all boil down to uh, the, the recognition that nothing was different after than before. Mm -hmm. We weren't growing people any place. Mm -hmm. uh, people were very much stuck where they were at. And 
we came to call that a kind of consumer culture. People were coming to consume whatever it was they were coming here to consume. Programs, services, the sacraments, communion, whatever, attention. But that they weren't really contributing anything back. And that was a basic and pervasive problem throughout our system, whether it came to volunteers, or giving, or serving, or just being friendly to one another. And how has that changed over the last, oh, when did you begin the process, and, and where are we at? Where, where do you think you are in the process, I should ask? We uh, usually refer to a 15-year process. Five years of kind of wandering around in the dark, uh, uh, experiencing that things were not working very well, but neither knowing how to fix it, nor even wanting to admit that we had a problem. Because we thought our problems were quite unique to us, and that nobody else in the church system was experiencing what we were experiencing. We had no way of knowing that. Uh, and then another five years, the next five years, of really uh, deliberately going out to study, intentionally growing healthy, churches, which eventually led us to evangelical churches, uh, from whom we learned quite a lot. And then I think it's basically the past five years in which we've had solid strategies in place that we've just kept repeating and repeating with growing uh, effectiveness. Would you say that you've had to change the culture of the community in, in this process, and how did that how did that go from the very beginning? Uh, well, I'm sure uh, Father Roy could speak to that better than I am, but uh, better I could. But um, yes, I would say absolutely. To change, to change your church, you have to change the culture. The people sitting in the pews, as, as Father White was saying, were consumer-driven. Uh, they were coming to consume. You have to change that mentality, change that culture, in order to switch from a consumer mentality to a serving mentality, and how how they can serve the greater good of, of, uh, of God. So. Yes, and I would say that we're still, you know, this weekend is a prime example of one uh, of still shifting that culture. We're, we're very much, we've shifted, but it's a continually evolving, you know, process that you're, you're trying to get people on the road to discipleship. You're trying to get them um, on that path. You, you mentioned this weekend. What's going to happen this weekend? So this weekend is uh, ministry push. So we call our uh, volunteers that serve in the church member ministers. And so... We're trying to, our goal is that every member is a minister. And so if you're a member at this church, we want you to serve. We want you to do several basic things, but one of those is serving. Um, serving here on the weekends. And so we have a, a, a ministry tent uh, where people can sign up to do very simple things, you know, open doors for people or serve a bagel in the cafe or a cup of coffee, um, all the way to being a small group leader for a, a kid or a student. So those are all opportunities that we'd like to invite people to do. What was it like when you first uh, introduced a cafe into the parish? It's such a unique feature and yet so uh, key to building community, I would imagine. I, I remember fairly early on that somebody brought me an article from the Atlantic magazine, which was detailing uh, Will Willow Creek Church uh, outside of Chicago, the largest church in the, in the country. I really didn't know anything about it. But the article began by talking about the experience of walking in the church building and seeing a cafe and what this lifelong Christian 
uh, thought about that, how surprised they were by that. And I remember putting the article down uh, and saying, I don't understand why a church would have a cafe, but something is different in the equation that I don't get. And um, that was certainly one of my aha moments. When we introduced it, I think um, it was largely neglected and irrelevant uh, because it wasn't a part of people's weekend experience that they would, you know, uh, take a detour over into a cafe. Uh, the typical uh, experience of a Catholic church is that everybody runs for the door after communion. So there was a lot of uh, uh, derision of it, a, a lot of neglect of it. But it's certainly grown over time. In fact, we're building a new one as we speak. <laughs> it's going to be a lot bigger. I saw the construction outside. What is the scope of the project that's going on? So we're expanding. Uh, we're doubling our footprint, essentially, on our campus. We're, uh, we launched a capital campaign to, in 2014, actually end of 2013, to build a new sanctuary uh, adjacent to our existing sanctuary. Uh, that will eventually seat 1,500 people, which is almost tripling the size of our sanctuary now. Not quite, but almost. And uh, in addition to that will be a uh, much larger cafe. Um, so those are, those are the <laughs> that's the scope of the project. So we're uh, coming up on year three of our campaign. And you know, as you can, if you come onto our campus, it's, it's very obvious that uh, construction is well underway and looking to open in the fall of this year. We'll come back next week to the rest of the interview with Father White and Brandon. For the final part of this episode, I had a great conversation with two women in the cafe before Mass. And to start off, there's a lot of music going on in the background. That's basically what you hear when you're sitting at the cafe in the middle of a Sunday afternoon at Church of the Nativity. So my apologies for the quality of the audio. But I think you'll enjoy meeting Jen and Elizabeth, who were only too happy to share their experiences with me about nativity. Here's Jen and Elizabeth. What are your names? Uh, my name's Jen. Jen, okay. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, great. Mm -hmm. And you're uh, you're part of the missions team, or you direct the missions team? Part of the team. Part of the team, okay. Yes. She is, she, Elizabeth is leading the team this summer. Okay. Uh -huh. um, this year, I've traveled in the past, but this year I'm, I'm leading our home team, which is uh, basically the home support okay. for the people who are traveling and prepare the teams to go and be effective in the field. Oh, neat. Is it yeah. um, is it adults, teens, a combination of both? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's both. All right. Yes. Yeah. We have a blend, actually. Yeah, we have we have a pretty wide range. So, what's the youngest person is sixteen, and our oldest person is well into their seventies. Oh wow! So between all of that, so we're, we're sending two trips this year. Actually. Okay. Why did you come to Nativity? I'm just curious. My story is interesting. I actually didn't know much about Nativity at the mm -hmm. time that I came. I came for a personal reason of mm -hmm. feeling the need to worship and show gratitude to God for uh, a, a, an event that was, it was an anniversary of an of a event and um, so I showed up at church that afternoon and felt that <laughs> the father was speaking directly to me yeah. <laughs> and that I was where I was supposed to be. Neat. Came the came back the next week and I've been coming 
ever since. Wow, that's actually, tremendous. Um, and have been involved with missions ever since as well. Actually, that's great. Uh, joined and was part of the missions process before I was even a member of the church. Oh, really? <laughs> that's neat. But that was in 2013, so... Uh-huh. I guess I'm about three and a half years. years. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, um, it's been it's been a journey. It's yeah. been an amazing journey. Yeah. <laughs> what's the best what's the best thing about Nativity? Fellowship. Yeah. I have so many friends here. Yeah. It's been just wonderful, just the genuine happiness yep. that people have and the joy that we share together. You know, I I live by myself. I come to church by myself. If I need a hug, I know I can get one here. It's kind of where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah. That's wonderful. I think accessibility is one of my um, main main, um, thoughts is there are always ways and opportunities uh, for people to deepen their faith and relationship with God wherever they are and whatever wherever they are there's there's a way there's, they, they create a lot of opportunities yeah. for that there's a lot of ministries going on here extremely mm-hmm. active is it one of the more active parishes in the area would you say as, yeah yes yeah. by a lot I think we have as far as I know we have the largest volunteer base in the archdiocese wow um, I've heard that from people at other churches who are, you know, maybe not behind the more modern feel that we have, um, but you have so many member volunteers, um, and it's, like she said, accessible. They make it so easy for you to get involved. Um, I first got involved with student ministry. I felt a calling to work with the high school kids, the middle school kids, before I found a church to even go to. And I thought I would have to track somebody down to beg for a little bit of a job, you know, and it's, it's not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first uh, experience of Master. I've never, never been here before. Oh, you haven't? No, brand new. So I read the book Rebuilt a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and now I'm starting this podcast. I've been working for the church for about 20 years, and this is my own little endeavor ministry, if you will, about leadership and stewardship and advancement. So... Uh, Obviously, the oh. of Father Michael. Well, on that subject, leadership, stewardship, and advance, advancement, I was actually just thinking about this today. So we're both have been elevated to leadership within oh. our ministries mm-hmm. that we're involved in. And I think that Father White and the staff really recognize the importance of noticing leadership ability within each minister and then identifying someone that they can personally invest in and develop their leadership Um, because leadership is so important in every aspect of life and I actually just said this to Brian a little while ago I was like I just want to thank you for developing all of us as leaders we're in a leadership meeting because that's something I didn't think I would find at church (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so I just think I Yes, that's that's something I would definitely add that that you know Father White and the staff just really get it when it comes to stuff like that, and they invest in their ministers and they see a potential in someone. They just do everything they can to grow it, and that's what makes all of us feel loved and welcome and want to come back and continue to grow here too. I'll bet. Yeah. Is it a very active uh, youth ministry and young adult ministry? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, I serve with the with the middle school kids on Sunday nights. Um, That's grade six through eight. Yes. Neat. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure much about the high school ministry. I'm not. Um, I don't serve there. Um, I think with the change in um, 
leadership in student ministry, there has been a little bit of a drop off, but there's generally pretty vibrant programs. Um, and a lot of, again, service opportunities and leadership opportunities for the kids, too. Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff do you do with the middle school kids? Uh, well, I lead a sixth grade girls small group. Um, so it's like our, our general adult small groups. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so I have about 10 girls. You know, we, we go for the youth group meeting. You know, they, they play a group game together. They hear a message. Um, for them, and then we break into small groups by grade level and gender, um, and then we have discussion questions to go a little bit deeper into the message that was designed for them. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I volunteer in youth ministry with my daughter. I have two daughters in youth ministry right now, high school okay. age. So uh, it's a tough ministry. It's yes, just getting people to come and getting the kids engaged. So yeah, for, for me, I I had a lot of really positive um, experience with my own youth group when mm -hmm. I was in high school, and that's why I wanted to come back and come pay it forward that way. Um, but the way they do things here is just amazing. Just like you said, inclusion and, and accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really key to what well just a feeling of being welcomed. Yes. I had I you know, the day I came I too was by myself and mm -hmm. thought I would just go in and go to mass and sneak out and I connected and shook hands and said hello to more people and felt so included and welcome just from day one and that yeah. makes a difference. It didn't make me feel isolated. It, it, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It really is. It's very. It's, it's a comfortable place. Mm -hmm. It is. This cafe is so unique that we're sitting in. You know, you don't see that in too many Catholic parishes. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, just wait until next year when the new building right. opens. Yeah, that's right. phenomenal, right? <laughs> well, you know, but it's great because we were in a, a Haiti meeting earlier, and we yeah. were both going to 5.30 mass. We got some time to kill, so now we're just sitting here in the cafe, uh -huh. having a, you know, coffee and a donut, and just waiting. It's awesome. Waiting for 5.30 mass to start. Does this place fill up before mass and after mass? or? Yeah, actually, so this area right here, yeah. um, they call it the pavilion. That's family-friendly seating. Mm -hmm. During mass, so people come in with small children. Oh, I see. So, so, so on the TV mass. screens, yeah, they cool. can watch mass. Um, they receive um, Eucharist here. They, okay. uh, a Eucharistic minister comes here and distributes communion in this area too. So they can still see and hear everything, but their kids are free to move around and be kids. Be kids. Yeah. yeah. Make noise. Yeah. 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 yeah without disrupting, you know, the main the main sure. sanctuary. Yeah. Like that little girl running around there. That's that's gonna happen that's all normal. through mass, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was—I uh, actually was watching mass this morning on online. It's really amazing the picture clarity. Mm -hmm. I mean, just amazing. They, they do a nice job. You can even have conversations with it's the a host little, minister. Yep. Little chat if you on the log side. in, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's it's really, really cool. new. Yeah. Yeah, the online campus is really great. Let's see, um, my parents come to this church, but they go to Florida for the winter. Mm -hmm. So you know, they go to their own church there, but they can catch up on the messages, mm -hmm. like the, the homilies that Father gives on the message series that we have. You know, they've gone to church for the week and whatever, but then later in the week, they'll catch up. They'll say, well, what, what happened at Nativity? What's, what are we, where are we in the message series? That's so cool what you're saying about the message series because you asked most Catholics what was the homily about. Was like, right. You know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and it I may know. have been good, but you know, but, <laughs> but the fact that there's a message series and I've heard that about the parish that there's a lot of focus on the homily and, yeah. and the Sunday experience. It's very, and, the and it's relatable. Yeah. That right. was the other big shock to me when I first came was how much I learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because 
he makes it extremely relatable, mm -hmm. and um, that's that. Actually, the messages uh, are what kept me coming back as well. Well, for me, I was looking again. I was looking for a church and a and a student ministry to get involved in, and I wanted to do some service work. You know. Um, it came as a huge surprise and happy surprise to me that I actually enjoy going to Mass, too. Because, <laughs> you know, growing up, it's like, God, that's a whole hour. It's so boring, you know. Yeah. And now I just feel fully engaged and just happy to be there. And if by some chance I miss Mass, which hardly ever happens anymore, I, I feel like something's missing. Yeah. You know, yeah. but then I get a chance to catch up online. Well, that's our show this week. I want to thank Father Michael White Brandon Hollern, parishioners Tony, Beth, Jen, and Elizabeth for taking the time to speak with me while I visited Nativity. Next week is part two of my interview with Father White and Brandon, and we'll get more in-depth on how the parish has flourished through stewardship, leadership, and their amazing $15 million expansion project. I hope you enjoyed our first episode of Advancing Our Church. If you'd like to support the show, give us a rating on iTunes. Those five-star ratings help to bring us to the top of the search. Or you can visit our Patreon page to make a financial contribution to the show, and any amount helps. For more information about our show, or to leave a voicemail, which I just might play on an upcoming episode, visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Twitter at Advance Podcast, or join our Facebook page. I'm Jim Friend. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, and God bless. <laughs>